Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 362, The Submarine Turkey, with Preston Pittman. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is thrilled that he bought liability insurance for his chipmunk swimming lesson school. And I'm your co-host and the guy who slighted Ray Charles last week. (laughs) Yeah. Give me yours first before I depress you further. Well, I am back in business, back in the chipmunk trapping business. Chipmunk drowning business. (laughs) My casa. And I am determined to find the one chipmunk who can swim underwater. Mm-hmm. Still looking, but I'm determined. I will not give up. I am no quitter. Well, I, I have faith in you to the fullest extent. So let me hear it. Well, I think I slighted Ray Charles last week because my comment was 
the Ray Charles of bow hunting for turkeys, I believe it was last week. And quite honestly, Ray Charles probably would hit more than I do. So <laughs> it needs to be worse than Ray Charles at turkey hunting with bows. <laughs> oh, I missed again this weekend. So good news. I'm all over two different flocks of gobblers. I mean, I'm on them. I got them. You know, I know, I know what's up. Bad news. I can't hit them once I get them in range. Can't do it. Don't think it's going to happen with a, any kind of archery tackle. I mean, I'm I'm tempted to not even go again and wait till shotgun opens up in two weeks. But if I do that, I know they'll have moved food sources or something and be gone. Yeah. Kind of like that episode with Mike Chamberlain. They're there, you know, pretty set for a little while. But as soon as that food dries up, they're moving on. And who knows where they'll end up. Yeah. But basically, as I said last week, told the story of how I missed a fall gobbler. And to add insult to injury, this blows my mind. So I put a trail camera in there because I'm after what I saw was two long beards. And I put a trail camera right there where I've been sitting just to kind of monitor it through the week while I wasn't there, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I went back and hunted one afternoon right there where I missed that gobbler. I sat down at 4.08 p.m. And I know that is an exact time of when I sat down in my spot 15 yards from the trail camera. Checked the trail camera this weekend, looked at that date, three toms, big old long beards, walked by at four o'clock on the nose. <laughs> Eight minutes before I sat down to hunt those long beards. Well, just think, you probably ran them off. Yeah, most likely. I, I never saw them. I mean, I never knew they had even been in there. I, I remember thinking, man, that's some fresh looking scratching right there. That must have been here yesterday. They must have been here, oh, six, eight minutes ago. Eight minutes. What's funny is you see me eight minutes after the long beard's like creeping in, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, being super sly. Yeah, now I'm like, I wish I had checked the camera when I got there. I would have got up and gone somewhere else <laughs> instead of setting up for an hour, you know? <laughs> oh, me. But I went Saturday morning. Well, no, let me back up. Friday morning... Let me back up again, actually. Thursday afternoon. Let me back up one more time. And 19 alt four. That was the final one. Thursday okay. afternoon, I got back from traveling for work. I was in Alabama, and I came home, and I got back around 5.30, and it was drizzling rain. And I had a spot in mind where turkeys always are when it rains. And so I thought, I bet there's some turkeys out there, so I'm going to run over there before they fly up. Go over there, see a flock of four gobblers and a flock of six two-year-old gobblers. And they go to fighting and strutting and everything. It was awesome. And I slipped around, got right up on them, and almost had a shot opportunity with the bow, but they wouldn't stop. So I, it wasn't a clear shot, so I didn't take it. So, But I roosted one turkey. I assumed the whole flock would be there, but I saw one physically fly up in a tree and I thought, okay, well, they're right here, you know? And so I came back Friday morning. I got up at 4 a.m., worked out, then went and hunted and sat down. Daylight came. I did some clucks, real sleepy gobbler yelps. And lo and behold, here comes a gobbler sailing straight to me, lands at 25 yards. And I moved it. I didn't hardly move at all. I just moved couple inches and i think he somewhat saw it and he started just walking and i couldn't stop him to save my life so i, I didn't take the shot because a i'm terrible anyway 
and there's no way I'm hitting the vitals on a turkey while he's moving. I mean, 0% odds. <laughs> so there's two opportunities, Thursday afternoon and Friday, easily could have killed with a gun. Easily. Plus last weekend, there's three. Saturday yeah. morning, get in there, same spot where I saw it was raining that morning when it got light, and I thought they're they're going to come back to this field because that's where they were when it rained last time. Got set up, 28-yard shot, here they come, stopped dead still, three gobblers. Actually, it was, it was all six of them, but three of them were kind of together. Got a really good pin on one of them. He's just neck straight up, broadside, basically like has his wing open and above him, opening up his vitals for me. Pointing, pointing to where to you need them. to shoot. Yeah, he has his longest feather right there where I need to aim. Shankopotamus. Never found that arrow either. So that's four opportunities I would have easily killed with a gun. I'm down to one more arrow, so I got to go buy some more <laughs> of those. And it's just been, it's a learning experience. I, I need to practice more, obviously, but I don't, I could shoot 20 times at the target back here behind my house and smoke it. But when there's a real turkey sitting there, it's a lot different. <laughs> Why is it so different? Because it freaks me the heck out. I mean, the rush to me, I don't know why, like, the fall gobblers are just so skittish when they're in your presence. I mean, they're just looking everywhere. They're not strutting, you know, up to you slowly. It's like they're looking for danger every second they're in your presence. And so it, like, makes me more nervous almost. Like, it's just, like, it freaks me out because I'm like, oh, did he see that? Every, every You just think they've seen you at all the, all times because they're always whipping their head around looking. They just never look calm. <laughs> Plus, hmm. I've been launching arrows at them for a couple of days now. That may explain it. Yeah. But it's just, it's too much of a rush for me. I just can't take it. And I love it. Like, I love that rush. So I'm, I'm glad I still get that, obviously. But I just get the shakes too bad to shoot at turkeys with a single projectile. Hmm. Maybe you should invent a shotgun crossbow. That's what I need. A crossbow that shoots like... 140, 180 no, no, bolts. No, 900 number 9 TSS bolts. Would no. Be, that, be nice. No, you, you don't shoot TSS. Oh, yeah. 900 number 5 Magnum XR Longbeard number 5s would be perfect. You don't even get that in a three and a half inch twin good <laughs> shell. Yeah, but this is with a bow, so I need, need more room for air. <laughs> I think if you had 140, 160 bolts coming off the string at one time, that should be plenty. Yeah, I think that or just a fully automatic crossbow where I could just let it rip. I mean, you've been saying for the past six months how states need to do something to make it more difficult like take away decoys do away with tss all these arguments that you have and here you are complaining about how hard it is with a crossbow yeah i am turkeys are meant to be hunted with a shotgun with with lead shells <laughs> <laughs> i'm more convinced now than ever <laughs> so no, i mean I'm not complaining, really. Like it. I know you're not. I couldn't have possibly thought I would have, have this much day. success. Yeah, you couldn't have had a better day Saturday than what you had. You just didn't bring home any meat. No, and you know it's it's like when you first shoot and miss, it's frustrating. Like ah, oh, you know, because you wanted it so bad, but an hour later, it's like okay. 
cool. I get to keep hunting because it's a one bird limit. You know, that would have finished it. Yeah. Now I get to hunt with a gun or what, you know, I get to hunt with a bow again this weekend and then a gun the weekend after that if I still need it. So it's not a terrible thing, you know, and, yeah. and I would have never imagined in a million years that in fall turkey season, I would have found two different flocks of gobblers on the first two weekends. Because it is very difficult to find one flock of gobblers during a fall turkey season. <laughs> right. They're just so reclusive. I mean, it's it's unreal. But that spot, rain is the key. It's the only field for a very long portion of area. So when it rains, that's where the wildlife goes. But anyway, speaking of misses, I think Preston fills us in on a little bit about his misses in this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, talking to him, it sounded like it was a little bit of a rough season. But again, you know, it's nothing that none of us wouldn't trade for anything. That's a fact. Yeah, and we got a really cool story this week out of Preston just to show his his drive turkey hunting. Yes, indeed. Ingenuity, I guess, and woodsmanship. It's it's an awesome story, and we kind of got a bonus this week with him being next to ron jolly so we got to interview two legends of turkey hunting in one show that's right uh pretty cool stuff i think y'all enjoy it i i can't honestly i can't believe like every time i get to talk to preston Pittman and ron jolly and these people like that it's such a treat for me because it's kind of like football fans getting to talk to like a, a hall of famer nfl player or something you know for me i'm a turkey hunting fan and these are the legends and to get to talk to him is, is so awesome for me. I, I just, I love it. Plus, well, they just, they don't make many folks like Preston Pittman, you know. <laughs> and speaking of Hall of Fame. Yeah. Why don't we get into this week's interview? Let's get in there. Let's get in this interview and we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, hey, Cameron, wait a minute. Before we get into the interview, I just want everybody listening to the show to know that you and I have been like slammed busy this week and so because of that you guys are going to get the benefit of and really i kind of consider it a bonus of being able to listen to this week's interview raw and unedited so we've got preston Pittman and ron jolly together at the same place at the same time raw and unedited it's like that's awesome you're going to be hanging out on the front porch of the hunting camp with these two guys. Yeah, I, I haven't even re-listened to the whole thing. So after we post this, I'll, I'll have to re-listen to it. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an awesome one. So, yeah. all right, let's jump in and let everybody listen to this. All right. See you on the other side. I'm, hey, look, let me tell you what. I woke up yesterday morning, and maybe some of the listeners can help me out. I hope they can. If I have to holler, I'm hollering at a little puppy dog I got. And I'm sitting on the front porch at the uh, Aislinn Sportsman's Club. But anyway, I woke up and it felt so good out here. You know, I, I think I went into semi-rut because half the front porch post is worn off. And I ain't got a hair on the top of my head. You think you might help me with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Are, <laughs> are there a bunch of shavings, wood shavings on the ground? My head is full of splinters. I don't oh, know. okay. I, I guess that's one thing I can figure out. Oh gosh, yeah, that sounds about right. So you never, you never know what you're going to get with me, do you? Well, I was just about to say, can anyone <laughs> listening to the show guess who we've got on today as our 
guess. Uh, I mean, there's just no way somebody could guess that. <laughs> oh, man. Preston, thank you for yes, joining sir. us. It's It's been a while since yeah. we've had you on, and I'm just, number one, I'm just glad to talk to you because I love talking to you. You're just a great guy all the way around, and I'd say that even if you weren't on the telephone. And number two, uh, well, you know. You're just a heck of a lot of fun. You're always a great interview. You've always got great stories to share and great information, a lot of knowledge to share as well. And we're going to get some of that or some of all that from you today. So, man. We'll we'll try. Thank you. I know we'll entertain a little bit for sure. Well, we got to have some of that too. There you go. No doubt. Preston Pittman, his interviews are always entertaining. I'm not worried about that aspect one bit. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. So, I can't wait. I I always love talking to you, Preston. So I appreciate you coming on with us again. Well, hey, it's always my honor and my pleasure. And I just have one little philosophy in life, and that is, if you can't have fun, uh, don't even wake up and get out of bed that morning. Life's too short not to enjoy it. Amen to Good that. Good point. Amen. So, because it's been a while since we've had you on the show, fill us in a little bit on how your turkey season went and how you've been doing, what's been going on in, in your world lately. Oh, Lord God. Okay. I had one of the best worst seasons I've had in a long time. Now, let, let me explain that to you. That means I had 16 in a row, and repeat that, 16 in a row, misses, gun snapping, honestly, bad shells, breaches not being closed, mm. and a, how do you say, hit and get away. And then come the 17th bird, and I was filming with Mojo with a strange weapon that I do not believe in doing. So, I, how do you say, went against my own golden rule, but I had to because of sponsorship. And guess who else missed? Oh, Me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I do mean on film, uh, a total clean miss. Then got on a little row and knocked three or four down, you know, myself in different states. So overall, I had a good year. Just in the beginning, I needed some people that, that could shoot straight and know how to take the safety off and how to close the breaches of the guns. But you know what? That's all good learning lessons, especially when it's the youth. They don't right. forget that stuff. Yeah. You know, it didn't yeah. happen but one time. You know, so I call it a great year is what I call it. I really, I really do. you got to be amongst some birds to get that kind of opportunities. Absolutely. Well, I think I was in six or seven, eight, maybe. I don't know. I was in a bunch of different states, if you know, know what I'm saying. Yeah. As far as what's going on with me, I have, from the company stand you know, side, we are going to be releasing two, one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven new products this year. Three of them are diaphragms that are laser cut. Don't ask me how, because I won't tell you how I'm doing it. Three new pot calls and a new box call that if somebody does not like their call they only have one person to go to and you're speaking to him now because i will be matching every striker to every pot every lid to every box so there cannot be any of this and i call it the elite series the three new diaphragms since even though i never served in the you know the armed forces i am very patriotic they will be red white and blue in the form of a turkey fan that'll be 
available on the website and at your local stores. And then there's something that a lot of people don't know. By the way, every one of those pots, they're cherry pots. Uh, the profile has been hand-turned by one person and one person only. That's me. Hmm. But I'm also getting into some exotics. Oh, cool. Lord goodness. Bloodwood, leopard wood, uh, uh, zebra wood, uh, wedge, so on, so on, so forth. That'll be a little bit different. People will probably have to make contact with me through Facebook or straight to my website. Mm -hmm. That's a little company that I have on the side called Pittman Outdoors. And there's probably between an hour and an hour and a half that goes into each and every pot. It won't be cheap, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but they are pretty and they are top of the line. Uh, some of this stuff I've got up to $36 just in my cost in one piece of wood for one call, if that gives you an idea. Right. Yep. And then some old fart by the name of Ron Jolly sitting on the front porch with me right oh, now. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's why I was trying to get you on speakerphone. Uh, we just pretty much, with the exception of a few that we got to uh, match some strikers to, finished up our bird's eye project. I think y'all covered that before with him or with me or both of us or whatever. So uh, he's been sitting here this afternoon. We got off a little bit early because we hit a stopping point, and he's been trying to reach out to all the people who have existing numbers to see if they want uh, their same number in a beautiful, in a awesome-sounding pot call that I'm, we both are very, very proud of. And let me see what else is going on. Getting a little more involved with TFT. Mm -hmm. Got some great news that's going to be coming from that very shortly. And I do mean very shortly. He might even let me talk a little bit about it, you know, tonight. I hope so. Or either I'll just hand the blasted phone to him. Real excited about that. Cranking up and getting ready and hoping and praying that we're going to have an NWTF convention. Can't yeah. wait to see all my friends and go to Nashville and be a part of that. And, and one more thing, and I'd really, I really, I tell you what, Ryan, you know, I hate to talk about myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go ahead and make the announcement myself. I'm probably being a little premature with it, but I've received one of the greatest honors of my life. I will be going into the, the uh, NWTF Outdoor Hall of Fame. All right. And, uh, you deserve well, it. Well, I don't know about that, but I'm 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 very humbled by it. I really am. Congratulations, um, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Congrats. Thank you very much. Uh, I believe Ray I is going in. Chris Parrish is going in. Come on, Ryan, help me. Joe Drake's going in. And Tom Stuckey. Wow. What a crew. Yeah. And what history wow. there is there. Yeah, so awesome. any of the listeners that go to the convention this year, I would highly encourage them to come to the inauguration ceremonies and uh, see history in the making, I guess is the best way I can say it. Yeah. But I'm very humble and very honored. I really am. Man. So... Oh, that was That's quick. Awesome. That's what's going on with me. I got a lot going on. Yeah. Heck yeah. And yeah, yeah. I've been following you and you and Ron are doing Facebook Live. It seems like every other week or so, doing the Bird's Eye Project. It's been y'all are quite the hoot on there. <laughs> well, same thing. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna enjoy ourselves. The problem this year has been like a lot of other companies, material. And it doesn't matter whether it's a stick yeah. of wood or a piece of aluminum or a screw or a spring or whatever it may be. 
it's 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 two weeks behind, three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, you know, and you know, <laughs> we're we're in full production right now and get half of something done and can't finish the rest of it because we need to get something in here. Uh, and that's been our problem. We finally, finally uh, had a friend demo that came across and had another 150 pieces of uh, anodized aluminum, so we got that finished up. And we just got a few more strikers to do. And I'm going to say by Friday of next week, everything will be ready to be shipped. Friday or the following Monday. That's probably the absolute latest. And as we're talking, he's sitting here texting people right now. (laughs) Excellent, man. So that's what's going on in my life. So what you're telling me is there just hasn't been a whole lot going on. No. Yeah. Normal. Yeah, How about that? It's normal. Normal old lazy day. That's right. All I all year. I ever do is go turkey hunting, remember? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you do, Bull man. Problem. <laughs> that, that I guarantee you I got two I got two trees up inside my nose and in my sinuses right now from breathing oh. so much dust. And that's <laughs> wearing a respirator. I bet. Yeah. That's good times, though. Other than sitting up against a tree or sitting in a tree stand, I can't imagine that there's many other places you'd rather be. Well, maybe a bass boat, but... Well, is is, is now you said bass boat. We're just going to say fishing boat. Okay. Because I am right. the president and founder of the Catch and Fry Club. I definitely believe in releasing fish, but a mess I'm going to get released in Lake Crisco uh-huh. the sizzle. <laughs> Yes, sir. Lake Crisco. I like <laughs> <laughs> hey, I even got a chuckle out of Ron on that one. That's pretty <laughs> Look, good. I never let, heard let me go fishing it. Yeah, he let me go fishing his pond. He stood right there over my shoulder. Okay, you throw that in back. Damn, look at the protein you're throwing away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to have all that you can get. I guarantee you. Well, that's, you got some really exciting stuff going on, and I know you're you're fired up there's uh there's a kind of a renewed spring in your step so to speak there is there is yeah i'm 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 getting to go back and do some stuff and create some stuff at 67 years old that's uh part of my roots if you can understand that and there's a certain amount of pride that whenever you get on that lathe and with hand tools, no duplicators, and you're turning this stuff out your own self, and you look at it, and you finish it, and you buff it, and you finish it, and you buff it, and you know five, six, seven times, and you set it down, and you go, "Wow, I made that." You know, yeah, that, that that's pretty. You know, and not only is it pretty, but listen to the sound. So I've got to go back and how do you say re-educate myself again. <laughs> I'm not going to get into a bunch of secrets, but everything matters. Thickness of walls, height of pedestal, size of pedestal, weight of striker, and on and on and on and on and on and on. It's, it's like creating a, a, a fine fiddle, I guess is the best way to say it, or a fine guitar. And that's what me, me and Brian did. So. Yeah. But, that, that description of, of all the misses and clicks and all that to start the season, that, that sounded about like my opening day usually, so... Uh, 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 you got a little pitman blood in you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did all those things one day in South Dakota a couple of years ago. So <laughs> I know. Uh, then you understand. There you go. Yeah, yeah. as, as a there colorblind red individual, I highly suggest if you're colorblind red, don't buy a red dot sight. You don't shoot very good at turkeys. <laughs> I learned that from experience. 
go get the scope in. <laughs> yeah, you just fill up the scope with as much of him as you can, let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good deal. Well, we wanted to get you on, too, to share a little bit of a story with us. Actually, all of the story, not just a little bit, but you shared a story with us. Oh, gosh, it's been probably a couple of years ago now about the cow crap turkey. Yep, yep, and yep, the bird. Everybody, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people reached out to me and said that story was just awesome. And, you know, some people will be like, yep, that sounds about like Preston right there. <laughs> yeah, but here, here's the funny part about it. It was 99% true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're not going to tell us even if we asked you about the 1%, so... We're just going to glaze right over that. If it's 99% true, it's way more true than any story I think I've ever told. Well, and you know, I, I do. I love that story. It's probably my favorite story because there's so much education in it. But I do have another one, and I call him the submarine bird. Oh. This is going back to, oh, yeah, this is going back to the days before I was really big in the industry. And I got to go hunting. And I hunted a lot of public land. And I still hunt public land to this day. And it almost makes me sick now whenever I talk to the guys that are down there, how the population is so far down. It was just it was just a heaven. It really was in that day and time. But I got on a bird one time, and I kind of got to paint a picture for you, okay? Imagine a, a cutover, and then an old logging road, and then a pine tree hilltop sloping down in the middle between the cutover and the little creek, there was another little like logging road of four-wheeler trail, whatever you want to call it, and went down to the bottom with some beautiful hardwood in it with a pretty little sandbar on it and a little creek that was probably 15 to 20 feet wide at its deepest place was probably five to six foot. Uh actually found the spot while I was still squirrel hunting and you know, i tell people that you know that is becoming a lost art but it is one heck of a learning tool especially for a kid to go out and still squirrel hunt and while they are squirrel hunting they can learn so much about the land that will come back in their memory as they get on the turkey there's their map they don't have to have the gps's and everything like what everybody uses this right. day and time. Yeah. That's the part I talk about by woodsmanship. Mm -hmm. So that kind of paints the picture of the terrain for you. I got on this bird one morning and he was working on the edge of the cutover on working up and down that logging road. And to be frank with you, the first morning that I got on him, I spooked him trying to do a quick draw on him, which you don't do. Came back the second morning. And of course, he was getting a little bit call shy came back the third and the fourth and the fifth morning uh couldn't get him to do anything come back about a week later there were two other guys in there hunting him so now he is becoming a very educated bird now this mm -hmm. is in south mississippi so i always loved the birds whenever i had the time and would still love to do it today and still get an occasion i've got one behind the house called houdini right now that is still alive but those stick underneath my crawl. Uh, and I don't mean to the standpoint of 
Well, yeah, I get mad at him. I ain't going to lie to you. I do. But the education that a bird like that can give you and what he can teach you is mm-hmm. just phenomenal. So right. I go the first season and don't ever get to lay eyes on it. And I know the last day of season, he's still alive because he was still gobbling. Yeah. So the second year, I said, well, I'll get him open day of the, you know, the second year. I kind of go to what I think is his hangout, and sure enough, he gobbles, and he's down on the creek. So I go to the creek. Well, he's up there where I started at. <laughs> okay. I sneak back up there. He's back down on the creek again. I did come. Okay, I'm going to split the difference and get on that little four-wheeler trail. Get on the four-wheeler trail. And he gobbled. And he gobbled, and he gobbled, and he gobbled, and nothing. I tried the quiet trick on him for two hours by the watch. Nothing. Go back to the truck. He done quit gobbling for a good couple of hours. Go back to the truck, blow a crow call. He gobbles right where I had been at. Go back to it. This, this goes on for a, another whole season. Call a buddy. And I said, okay. I'm mad at him now. I'm going to put you up on the ridge. I'm going to go to the creek. Well, you know where he went to, the four-wheeler trail. Yeah. And when you moved on and went to him on the four-wheeler trail, he went back down to the creek. Hmm. When Evan kind of come down onto him uh, like two days later in the middle, he moved up on top. I said, okay, I got you. I'm going to carry two buddies with me. <laughs> and I'm going to come in an hour before the evening starts breaking daylight. Well, I think he was a mind reader. I, I really do. Because that day... He didn't gobble. Nothing. I mean, uh-huh. nothing. Of course, that was back during the day when everybody had to do a whole bunch of yelping and everything else. And on that day, when we got back to the truck, blew the crow call again, and guess what? He gobbled down on the creek. A second season goes by of playing this whatever game you want to call it back and forth. I tried <laughs> everything you can think of, clucking, purring, clucking one time, shutting up, carrying real wings in, Flying down the whole nine yards, whistling like we had quail birds back then. Whistling like a quail bird to put more realism into it. Crows flying over. Everything you can think of. Nothing. (laughs) So along comes the third season. And I said, okay, I am not going to hunt another turkey the rest of the year except for you. I said, I'm making that dedication. I said, I'm going to figure you out. On that morning, he started gobbling down on the creek. And I said, well, if I call to him, I know what's going to happen. Wait just a second. He's down on the sandbar. I remember during squirrel season, I walked that little creek bank, you know, shooting cat squirrels, gray squirrels, whatever you want to call them. We call them cat squirrels. And I said, that creek is probably three or four foot deep. Oh, and I Lord. said, he is where I think he is at. There's like a little knoll, a little potential, I don't know what you would call a bump. You know what I'm trying to say? About three foot high in the bend of the creek on the same side that I'm on. And I went, but wait, I can't get to him. I can't get to him because it's a hardwood bottom and it's wide open. I said, okay, I got you, big boy. I got you figured out now. I'm fixing to get you. So I go up the creek. I find me uh, some reed cane, uh, like bamboo. <laughs> yeah. the old, like what the Indians used to use. And I said, mm-hmm, I got you. So oh, no. little pocket knife out. Oh yeah. And I reamed it to where I could breathe through it. And of course whenever I got in the water I made one fatal mistake. Uh I didn't blow that little thin husk yeah. that's on the inside out. <laughs> so of course when I went up underneath the water and I drew my first breath of air, 
that's what I sucked down my throat. And now I'm trying to keep from, because I'm not about 150 yards, 200 yards from it. And I'm up underneath the water blowing bubbles. I wish I, somebody had been there taking pictures of this, this yeah. situation yeah. that I was in. So I get clear and I snorkel down and I get to that little bluff. And yes, shotgun shells, if they've only been in the water for about a half hour, will still shoot when they've been completely submerged. They will swell and don't want to jack out, I can tell you that. Hmm. So you're going to have hmm. one shot, and that's about it. And I got down there, and I eased up over, barely, and there he is. I said, okay, he's too far. He's still, you know, 65, 70, 80 yards from me. I said, no, you know, wait. I said, I can't kill him. What you going to do now? And all of a sudden, I had this little lightning that hit my head, and I said, okay. I said, if he visually sees a real live hen, he'll come. So what I started doing is I took my fingers, there's a pile of leaves there, and all I did was this little soft purrs, and I took my fingers and I flicked those leaves up in the air. So when he turned around, he visually saw what he thought was a real hen on the other side of that little bluff. Mm-hmm. And um, he's not with us anymore. Sure did taste good. And that was about an inch and three-quarter inch bird bird. Wow. Those are birds that will make you or break you. And I would challenge every listener that you have out there to pick them out a bird like that that is kicking their rear end and learn and let him, the master, teach you how to hunt. Not just call, but hunt. Mm -hmm. There's always calling with me mixed in with my hunting. But that's the part I try to preach to people about their woodsmanship ability to pay attention as to what is going on around them, what is happening, what is what is developing in Mother Nature, and use it to your benefit. Those are the tough ones. Now you have heard, if I ever get around to doing it, Chapter 2 of my book. It might be clear from now before I ever get it done, but I will eventually get it done. Jolly's giving me a, a, a kind of push on that. Well... <laughs> He's, and if y'all haven't read Ron Jolly's book, let me tell you something. That is one awesome read. Oh, yeah. 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 Go, go to Ron D. Jolly's Facebook and, and, and touch base with him. It yeah. is called Memories of Spring. And I don't read because I've got dyslexia. It really is hard for me to sit there and concentrate and read. And I've read his book twice and enjoyed it both times. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's an excellent read. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it suggested it to many others. Yep, I enjoyed it as well. So, two questions for you. Did you clean your really? gun when you got home? Oh, yeah. Had to. The shell stuck in it. It okay. wouldn't out. All right. <laughs> well, actually, what I had to do is, is I had to go get another piece of reed cane and knock the shell out. Push the sh- yeah, push the hole out. Yeah. <laughs> it was a one-shot uh, sell, yeah. Yep. And then... Oh, my- Lord. That's, that's, that's back before, I mean, you know, the best load back then was or what my gun was shooting was federal copper coated two ounce load uh number sixes out of that particular gun that's mm-hmm. what that gun wanted to shoot yeah and it was it was a true 40 yard gun not 45 not 50 40 yards you didn't want to shoot them any further than that yeah did you were you out of the water when you shot him did you come up on the other side of that yes. little that little okay a little toe I there came on, up the on the opposite side of, of, and like I said, that came from the squirrel hunting trip that I remembered. That little bluff, that little 
knoll, whatever you want to call it. You know, I remembered that, and it just happened to be some you know, a dry day, and just happened to be some dry leaves there. It was just mm-hmm. meant to be on that day. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's pretty that's, good. That's hunting to me. That's hunting, oh, and yeah. that was that was another. A lot of times, you know, everybody says, well, I can figure a bird out in three days. Most of the time, most of the birds, you can. Yeah. You know, three to five days, most of them you can figure out one way or another. But then there's always that bird. And I've got another that bird. And he he might not ever get harvested because I really want my 13-year-old granddaughter to kill this bird. Uh, and he's, he's, I've seen the spurs at 22 steps, but the gun she was shooting was a little bit too heavy. And he's not on me all the time. I got a little 50, you know, a little 50 acre track. We got the next 250. Well, my son-in-law just bought those, but it's all 150 acre track is what it is. And he's on me sometimes and sometimes he's not. His name is Houdini, I can tell you, but he's, he's still alive right now in this spring. And I don't get to hunt like what I used to. We really boogered that bird up there in, the pandemic, okay? Uh, we spooked them three times uh, in one year. Bad. I mean, real bad. And I don't get a lot of days because of the business of it to, to continuously go back and go in there and go hunting. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he'll still be alive and hopefully uh, Caitlin will get the horse in the next spring. Oh, yeah. 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 I hope so, too. That'd be awesome. I know. I think you, you told us about him. You had him, what, like the last day of the season – you were up on him and he came running past you and you just yeah. you said it wasn't right to shoot I, him that way <laughs> no I, I couldn't kill him that way i just i couldn't do it yeah. i just you know i just he's earned he's got my respect oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll stick around and everything but he's just not the way to kill that bird i mean i just he's got too much of my respect yeah i just it, I won't do it. it's weird how some of them do that to you you know like they, they earn your respect to a point where it's like all right this is the only way i can kill him is you know x i'm not gonna do it by these methods <laughs> right because so, some of them are just too they're almost too smart to to take out any other way <laughs> they are so smart they are dumb sometimes and that's the beauty of this you know what i mean yeah <laughs> And I know a lot of the listeners might not understand that, but they will learn it if they turkey hunt long enough. That I can promise you. Yeah, no doubt. Man, that was... I, I would like to visit with you whenever y'all get through asking me your questions and stuff, uh, a little bit more about TFT. Yeah. I know you've had some people on there before, and I think in a few weeks you're going to have Ryan, and he'll fill you in a little bit more. Here's what I like to tell people. I'm a part of any organization... In every organization that I can be a part of that I think is going to help and benefit turkeys. Amen. I've learned i got to, I got to quit saying American turkeys because we have brothers in Canada and in other places too. So we're just going to say turkeys. This organization is a little bit different. Now it's really a lot different than a lot of other organizations, and a lot of it is the money split. It's a simple 80-20 split. 20% goes in, we'll just call it for overhead burden. That's not enough, I can tell you, but they're 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 doing it. Can I talk about projects running? Okay. Contracts have been signed, am I correct, with the Alabama Wildlife Federation and with uh, Turkey for Tomorrow and Auburn University on a project with the uh, uh, birdsong meter with, what do you call the other one, Ryan, uh, the... 
Nomni Gobbler and Nesting Hab uh, activities, and as a sidebar, also too, um, we have semi-discovered that there is a immune type disease, so they will be asking some of the hunters to also pull blood samples. So I am awesome. very, very, very excited about what is starting to happen, and it's seven months old. Seven yeah. months, not years. They're putting their money where their mouth is at and, and, and getting some projects on the ground and welcome any companies that are out there. There are no exclusivities. I'm going to repeat that. There are no exclusivities. So any and all companies and individuals, you know, I would invite everybody to go to turkeyfortomorrow.org. I believe it is. Am I correct yep. on that one? Okay, it's not .com, but .org. And check them out and see what all is uh, going on. And wait a second, what we, I'm tired of getting chastised for that, what we <laughs> are starting to accomplish already. It's it's it's, it's pretty good. It, no, yeah. it's very good. Yeah, so we're, there's, there's my little pitch and plug, okay? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more with your point on supporting any and all organizations that are trying to help the turkey. I mean, you're going into the NWTF Hall of Fame and you're helping turkeys for tomorrow at the same time. It's there's there's no competition here. We just we all love turkeys no, and we want to bring them no, back. No, no. In fact, I believe Dr. Chamberlain UGA or whatever it may be uh, is also working on the same project. Part of the project is on public land. Part of the project is on private land. And mm-hmm. the National Wild Turkeys Federation is also putting their money where their mouth is at for a common goal. And that is absolutely awesome. Yes. I love it. I love yeah. it. Let's find out what's in it. I know there's going to be listeners out there that's going to be saying, oh, well, heck, there ain't nothing going on in my part of the world. There are still states that's on the climb. But when you look at the southeastern part of the United States and even going into Kansas, uh, heck, I talked with Chris Kirby a couple, two or three years ago, and he said, Preston, you remember all that public land you used to hunt up in upstate New York? I said, yeah. I said, that was the best public land I've ever been on in my life. He said, Bubba, you can't hardly find a turkey. So wow. it's not just down here. It's uh, it's all over the country. I think we have a little bit better hatch, not a bunch, in the southeastern part of the United States. But that's not going to stop it. That's not going to solve it. This is going to be a lifelong, ongoing thing. That's something that's going to crop up. So research, restoration, habitat studies, that all needs to be done. And, and, and one thing I would like to tell a lot of the hunters go, that blankety-blank game warden or the Game and Fish Commission or whatever it may be, all that stuff is not done necessarily by them. You know, it really gets back down to on some of these laws that need to be changed or might need to be changed have got to go through our legislators. That's who you are voting for and putting in in your state. So if you get problems, contact them too. Make yeah. them aware of what's going on. You know, some of these guys and gals, they might not be hunters. And hunters have a tendency now I'm going to make a bunch of people mad to fuss, gripe, complain, this, that, and another, and sit on their laurel and not do nothing about it. And that is the beauty of TFT. We're doing something. Yeah. And we're getting science that we can bring science back and say, this is what science, this is what data is proving. This is what we need to be doing. Yeah. 
And man, you, you didn't always go get on the preaching wagon, did you? <laughs> I preach on, man, because I think you're dead <laughs> on. That, that's how we're going to turn this thing around. That's how they turned it around the first time we reintroduced turkeys because yep. everybody thought the way to do it was game farm preserved turkeys and that didn't work and they learned that right. trap and transfer was the way to do it so i think Amen. we're Amen. in a different era and, and funding research to learn what we need to do to to fix the problems is going to be the route that has to happen and, and so tft's seven months old and already throwing right in on that i mean they they know what's going on and we're very very much so supporting that here with this show and i know a lot of our listeners are as well awesome fantastic yeah fantastic we had will goolsby on the show from auburn what was it cameron about two months ago yeah yeah probably five or six episodes ago yeah and he was he was telling us a little bit about the study that you guys are at or TFT is helping out with and, you know, a little bit with the funding and that kind of thing. And that was pretty interesting. And what's really going to be interesting is when that data comes back. And, you know, even if it's a project that you might not, oh, that's bullfrog. Let's at least prove it not true. Yeah. And move on. Go right. somewhere else. Okay. That didn't work. That's not the problem. What is? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's look, let's search, let's study, let's get science behind this. So you can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, well, that's, I that's think, obviously what it's going to take, you know, to to well, really look, look at what hunter, look at what hunters did once before. It yeah. was was and is we the outdoorsmen, we the people that donate our money, we the people that buy our hunting license. You know, we support this. We pay for this. You know, and it was us that brought the wild turkey back so if we don't do it who's going to do it if not us then who well, i think yeah. it's ron's little sayings uh and very well put yeah that's it's dead on accurate because i'm going to tell you it's not going to be the the tree huggers it's not going to be the bunny huggers nope. I, I don't think Peter's nope. going to be doing too much for the wild turkey <laughs> no sir <laughs> no sir not at all no nope. not at all not at so, all that's that's true but yeah, I noticed, you know, on TFT's website, Pittman Game Calls is listed right down there at the bottom as one of the partners. So I knew you yep. were getting involved and your friendship with Ron and everything. So I'm, I'm glad you're on board with it. And I am too. Andy is as well. So hopefully a bunch of our listeners will hop on that train because good things coming there, I think, for hopefully a long, long time. Well, there's an awful lot of people, you know, time stuck you right high. Terry Rome, oh, I could just go on and on and on and on with names. And like I said, we all are, are believers in anyone who will help, you know, our turkey population and everyone that will help our turkey population. It's been very fun, very enjoyable watching this little roller coaster and how it is already starting to straighten out and just amazing what they have accomplished in such a so, so short period of time. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun having arguments with Ron, you know, every now and again. <laughs> we like a husband and wife when we get together. <laughs> but we love each other, you know, to death, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, yeah. you know, we ain't had an argument today, Ron. What's wrong? <laughs> he said, just wait. <laughs> but I, Dave, I Dave's not over yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. 
Good deal. Well, I think that you said something that's important and, you know, Cameron touched on it again. And I just want to say it one other time that, and I'm going to say it a little bit more direct in that we as turkey hunters, you do, we don't have to choose. It doesn't have to be one organization that supports wild turkeys over another organization that supports wild turkeys. I, it can I, I be totally both. Agree. It, it is both. Yeah. And it's, well, it's, it, it, it is both. And then, you know, Rocky Mountain Lamp Foundation, uh, Coil Forever, Pheasants Forever, uh, NRA, and on and on and on and on. I try to be, you know, as much of a part of as, as many worthwhile organizations as I possibly can. There's always going to be a residual effect, you know, from some of the, they might be talking about elk or they might be talking about quail or they might be talking about ducks. But, you know, turkeys also can benefit from some of those things, especially like quail. I remember back in the old days when we had quail, if you had quail, you had turkeys. And look at what has happened to our quail population. It is non-existent down here. I should be listening to quail, quail whistling right now from where I'm at, and I never heard one down here on 12,000 acres of land. Not one. So, you know, crying shame. I had a, a client of mine tell me what happened to the quail population. Uh, was it armadillos or fire ants? Oh, no. No, it's better than that. <laughs> So all the turkeys and all the quail eggs and the quail that that was his exact comment and he was dead serious he said the turkeys are eating all the quail bullfrog that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say I told him I mean I didn't want to offend him or anything but I was like I don't think that's the problem I've I've killed a bunch of turkeys I've never found a quail in one of his crops <laughs> you know? if that were the case think back to when the Indians roamed this country and there were quail and there were wild turkeys if that was the case there wouldn't be a quail left by the time any of us were born amen the turkeys the the only thing is he has some land that he wishes had quail and i was like hey man you want me to come help you get rid of a couple gobblers i'll come save your birds (laughs) yeah yeah, gentlemen i mean man it's such a sacrifice it's i mean Uh, it's just like trapping for him you know i'm just trying to help get rid of his predators yep 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 yeah well uh, you know i honestly believe it's a combination of me per this is this is preston Pittman's philosophy i think it's a combination of a lot of stuff i think it's habitat i think it's predation i think it is uh um, i think there's some type of disease Remember, oh, we got a bunch of coyotes sailing off right now. Remember whenever they found out what it was with the American bald eagle? Yeah. It was a pesticide. Mm. You know, it, 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 I think that's going to be a, a a big factor somewhere down the road. I really do. Yeah. But it's a combination of all of it. And like what I'm sitting here listening to right now, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of coyotes cranked up. That's Don't you dare tell me that a, that a coyote does not take an adult bird because I've done watched it. Yeah. I've done seen it. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't care what anybody says, biologists, non-biologists, or whatever it may be, they are a factor. Coons are a big factor. That's already been proven by Dr. George Hurst several years ago. Yeah. Hogs, bobcats, you name it. I mean, basically, everything out there is trying to eat him at some point in time. Yeah. Everything is. Yeah. I think the pesticides, I think there may be something with the farming practices as well that could be. That, that's habitat, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think there has to be something there, too. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. So just going to 
ask that you do put us on speakerphone for a minute before we get off the call with you because I've got a question to ask Jolly. All right, hang on just a second. So, Cameron, are you through asking questions yeah. of Preston? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Hey, Ron. Okay, here you go. Hey, guys. Hey, Ron, how are you? Hey, Ron. I'm I'm recovering from three days locked up in a room with Preston Pittman. God bless you. You know what? I I didn't know that before now, so I'm going to be praying for you. Thank you, sir. Prayers I, are always greatly appreciated. I, I think knew. my ribs would be hurting from laughing too much, honestly. <laughs> well, you, when you get as old as us, there's lots of things that are funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to be funny so you don't cry. <laughs> nah, we don't cry much. We, uh, we, we and give God the glory for all of it, and just thank God that we got the strength to try to, you know, keep doing what we love to do so much. And appreciate everybody giving us a, an ear and, and a forum to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I wanted to wrap up the call with Preston, just asking you a question. There you go. What is Preston cooking you for dinner this evening? <laughs> He cooked it yesterday. Yesterday? We cooked last night. We got in late yesterday evening and did a Facebook Live, and we had ribeye steaks, baked potatoes, salad, garlic bread, and baked beans. Yep. Remember the dog. There you go. Man. Well, I've eaten steak with Preston Pittman, and I— that's how we keep our profile the way it is. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That, that's your Facebook profile, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> you want well, me to tell you now what I'm cooking? Yeah. Tell me. I'm taking the leftover steak. First, I've already sauteed the onions in a whole stick of butter. I put two bouillon cubes in uh, beef bouillon cubes. I got them melted down. I got the leftover steaks already cubed up and chunked up. Uh, I will come back. I will throw the, the, the steak in with the onions, and then I'll come back and take the three leftover giant baked potatoes, uh, throw that in there with it, and then I'll take a little bit of uh, cornstarch and water and thicken it up, and I call it my hash. There you go. And I'd be well, in on some of that. That sounds good. I, I do know that you can cook, and so I know that Jolly won't starve. So that's a good thing. At the risk of, of using my favorite saying, let me see if I can say this politely. It will my cooking will do one of two things. It will either cause a bowel movement or it will move one out. One of the two. That's the only <laughs> promise I make. <laughs> oh my god. And y'all um, gonna publish this. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it the way I normally did. Dude. <laughs> I thought I thought it was very child friendly. Very gracefully there said. You, there yeah. you go. See? Yeah. Can, oh, can I say one thing before we go, guys? Please. This is Jolly. We've been for two weeks now. The contracts have been signed with Auburn for these research projects that that Preston explained and Doctor Goosby explained. Our problem right now is getting everybody together. And I told everybody today that I don't care if I had to come kick you out of your bed. Next week, these things are going to go public. Press release is, is uh, written. It's approved. It's ready to go. And the one thing I will announce is that Realtree, the company Realtree, had a meeting with them Monday, and you're going to see big things from Realtree and Apex Ammunition and Pistol Creek and Pittman Game Calls, Longleaf. We people believe in this. They're passionate about it, and they're willing to put their money where their mouth is, and we're fixing to try to make a difference. So if you can help us, please do. Very good. And Preston awesome. Preston gave the web address a little bit earlier. So 
you guys yeah. listening, jump on and, you know, don't think you got to be making the kind of donation that Realtree makes. Just, you know, every little bit helps. So if we all get I on mean, there a little bit, then that that's going to go a long way. Oh, well, I, I, I have one more thing to say. Sure. I don't know exactly when this is going to happen, but it's, 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 it's docketed. That's probably not the right word. They, uh, twice a year, the financials are made public on okay. the Internet to where Love every that. partner can go and see where the money is being spent and how it is being spent. That's I know of no other organization that does that. Yeah, I love that. Full transparency right there. Yeah. We care about turkeys. Yeah. Period. End of story. We care about turkeys. That that needs to be the end of the story. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yes, indeed. We we totally redid our website in the last month, and uh, we've added a TFT store. We have a few little skews there, and if people are interested in that, check it out turkeysfortomorrow.org and that will quickly expand as we move forward but you know i can't say this enough every time i talk to preston or kevin matthews or jim rockwith or people who are responsible for getting us this far you can't make this stuff up guys when god puts something on you if you trust him to say listen to me and do what i say (laughs) you you can't make it up i've told you cameron that how many times (laughs) yeah you can't it's it's been a blessing so far for turkeys and for uh, i know y'all to see the fruit of your labor on how quick things are going i, I think just barely getting going right now man i think we got really big things coming out of turkeys for tomorrow i'm very excited thank y'all guys thank you for everything and and i still look forward to seeing if andy can talk faster on our next quiz <laughs> 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 I knew that was coming at some point. You know, I, I've already decided what I'm, how I'm going to handle this. I'm just going to say question one, question two, <laughs> question three, and, and I'm yeah. just going to run through all thirty of them like that. That way, you don't have to worry about me reading the questions too slowly. Yeah, yeah. All right, we. Well, you keep practicing. You got a couple weeks to I'm practice now, to. so you keep practicing. I'm, 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 I'm gonna keep it up. One day I'm gonna learn how to call. <laughs> I am hey. I am getting on turkeys for tomorrow right now and getting this weathered cotton hat because that thing looks sweet. So I'm gonna be getting one of those as we wrap this call up. And if you if you're a coffee drinker, what is that? The Panoni blend? Yeah, from Backwoods Grind. That's some good stuff, ain't they? Yeah, I'm 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 converted. I threw Folgers a darn Folgers out. That's all right. We thank you. We appreciate what you're doing for all people out there. And hopefully I get to see everybody at the NWTF convention. Uh, I'm going to end it like this. Yes, I might say a word dirt every now and then. I might even drink a cold beer. But one thing I do know, there's God in heaven and his son is Jesus Christ. Believe in and you'll be a much better person. Amen to that. Amen. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you guys. Great having y'all on. Y'all have a great evening. Enjoy that hash. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Talk Bye-bye. to you later. All right. All right. So huge congrats to Preston. Yep. For, Is that not awesome? Yeah, for being brought into the NWTF Hall of Fame. Two two Hall of Famers in one call, man. I'm telling you. That's it's pretty amazing, awesome. isn't it? I, Preston definitely deserves it. Nobody more deserving than Preston Pittman in my eyes. And I, I can't congratulate him enough. I think that's awesome. He's... 
he's one of the legends of turkey hunting and we're getting to talk to him today and that that was just awesome and what a story man <laughs> he snorkeled up to the cobbler <laughs> with cane <laughs> oh and i tell you the crazy thing is that if anyone else in the world told you that story yep you would just exactly walk off it. you'd be like eh what i mean whatever dude preston Pittman tells you that story and you're like yeah yo yeah he did yes preston definitely did that oh yeah like not a doubt in my mind but you're right joe blow tells you that you're like yeah he probably didn't actually do that preston he absolutely did that yep and cool to hear how excited he is about turkeys for tomorrow and you know working with ron jolly on his bird's eye project I'm sure they're sharing some laughs and it's pretty cool sounded like some some good stuff coming out of those guys and can't wait to see Preston get his his NWTF Hall of Fame induction at this year's NWTF convention, which surely is going to be in person this year. I yes. think it will. Yeah, I think so too, unless we get a resurgence of the Lambda variant. Yeah, well, by the, then we may be to the Zeta variant. Yeah, variant so. exactly. <laughs> the Zeta <Yeah>. Alpha variant. <laughs> Some craziness, I'm sure. But, so, yeah. yeah. It should be good if everybody's had their 16th booster. We should be able to get there <laughs> and have an in-person NWTF convention. Yeah. Well, at least the 16th booster will be in a chewable form, so it shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> Daily vitamin. That's right. That's right. Oh, man, so. but good stuff. I, I can't. I just love hearing stories like that. And, man, when Preston Pittman writes a book, I am... I'm buying like multiple copies immediately. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope he'll get serious about that soon because the world needs a book from Preston Pittman on turkey hunting. I think it would be awesome. Absolutely. But well, very cool. So what do you say we wrap this week up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.